Hey, Comet fans, it's time for another Huntington University Comets podcast. And here's what Huntington University can do for you. If you are a season ticket holder, they are going to give you 25% off all tuition. Yes, 25% off just for being a Comet season ticket holder. If you're thinking about going to school, you can uh, go on campus, you can go online, uh, you can learn any way you want, but 25% off all tuition. All you have to do is call the Huntington University Admissions Office or the Comet Office. They will get you all set up. Let's do the show. everybody, it is Shane Alberani once again here to host another episode of Hockey Time Theater or something I like to call the Comets Podcast. Yes, another episode. Last week's episode, Sean Sadlowski was a big hit, but we're going to try and one-up ourselves this week with assistant coach Olivier Legault. And this guy is one of the funniest guys around, even when he's not trying to be funny. This guy knows how to make me laugh, and we certainly had some laughs during this episode. Uh, we talked about uh, what it was like learning English, him growing up in Quebec. We also talk about the famous punch that made him a bit of a celebrity around Fort Wayne a few years ago. And uh, we also talk about the weird relationship between him and head coach Ben Boudreaux. Yes, these two guys are awfully buddy-buddy, and they're almost becoming the same person, but it's great. They're two great guys, great coaches, and Olivier Legault is certainly one heck of a good guy. So uh, let's just get right into this one. Here we go. Assistant coach Olivier Legault. All right. Okay. Uh, bonjour. Bonjour, uh, comment ça va, Shane Alberani? Ça va bien? Uh, comment allez-vous à la bibliothèque? Oh, tu vas à la bibliothèque? You going to the library? Yeah, I guess. That's what that means. <laughs> uh, you know, I was so good at French in high school, I took Spanish in college. So, <laughs> so there's, there's your answer. It's a good base. It's all Latin. Yeah, right? so I mean, there's our, there's our communication gap right there. But uh, no, uh, Olivier Legault uh, is here. Big guy is, is here, and he's speaking French, and I have no idea what he's talking about. But. Does make me feel bad about taking those French classes in <laughs> high school, uh, where I didn't did not do well. Well, it's good because we're not. I'm not the only one that doesn't know what I'm saying. Sometimes when I talk, I mean, <laughs> I think the guys look at me like I got a third eye. So, but it's getting better every day, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, sure from uh, you hearing me talk the first time I played here, my English is a lot better than the first time. Yeah, and, uh, it, it has Bob Chase was probably the first one to tell you. The first interview he did with me is probably very painful. <laughs> so when did, when did you start learning English? Actually, and I'm not sure if I should say this, but I started learning English actually if as uh, I always went to English school. It might surprise yeah. you. So in Canada, we have, uh, or, or Quebec, I should say, we have, uh, I believe it's the Law 101, which protects the French language. Yeah. So if your parents has never went to English school, uh, you have to go to French school. It's to protect the French language. Yeah. And I mean, some people can debate the rule, but that's another time for another conversation. But uh, my dad went to English school, so it gave me the opportunity to go to English school. And then when I say English school, it's different because we're all talking French, but our class is in English. 
Okay. What I mean by that is you'll have a, the subject, the material you're learning is all in English. Yeah. But we're all French Canadians trying to learn English. So when I go back home and we go at recess or gym class, yeah. we're all talking French. But it's an English school because okay. we went to school with a lot of uh, Cree, native Crees uh, in Shibugamu. People are probably asking where the beep is that, but it's a uh, very little town and yeah. it's miners. I, I call it Chimichanga, <laughs> Quebec, because that's the only way I could even remember how to say it. Absolutely. So back to, uh, so I learned the base of the English uh, speaking language and obviously playing hockey. Uh, the main language in hockey is English. You know, rather you're Russian, French, it's the main language for coaching, for uh, talking, so. So, uh, so you get to the states. Your your English is okay. I mean, yeah. you can understand. Yeah, and, I was actually okay. pretty good. At, the first year we, uh, my second year juniors, we moved to Lewiston, Maine. The Maniacs were there, and uh, I'll remember this all my life. Uh, Alexandre Picard, first round pick of the Blue Jackets, and Alex Bourget, first round pick of the Atlanta Trashers, and uh, we get in the trainer's room. They know absolutely no fr no english and one of the guys were like a trio we always hang out together we're the same draft year we made the team in junior same year and he hurt his elbow and he's trying to come to the trainer and tell him that he got hurt his elbow in practice and word for word he comes in there he said uh excuse me um me uh fell ice and bing boom uh shoulder and uh it hurts <laughs> verbiage couldn't get more than that so Trey was like okay you hurt your elbow yes <laughs> so and then when we went to the restaurants it was uh anything that had pictures that's what he ordered right <laughs> couldn't right read on. the menu yeah. i want this i want this so well ha coming from a family who's a lot of family members english is their second language i feel your pain yeah so you say that about the the, the uh uh, pointed pictures on the yep. menu. My dad did not speak a word of English when he came here. Uh -huh. How he got his first meal was he followed somebody into a diner, uh -huh. sat right next to him, listened to what he ordered, and just repeated it. Same thing. That's how that's how he ordered his uh, his first meal in Absolutely. America was that. And that's how you get by. Yeah. And then that, obviously, I mean, you don't have a choice. you got to figure out a way to communicate. And those guys, it's the best way, and maybe your dad was the same experience. I think it's the best way to learn a language, just thrown in there. Yeah. You know, if, if you're in a situation, you got two choices. You can stay to yourself and not learn it. Or make an effort and learn a new word every day and kind of learn. Obviously, you probably learn the bad words first. I mean, <laughs> you're first, a hockey player. <laughs> first words you learn. But after that, you just got to, you know, if you don't do the effort, you're going to be stuck in your own ways or you're going to be very uh, on the outskirts of the team or the, you know, it's, it's, it'll be hard to make new friends or new connection if you don't want to make the effort to learn. So. Yeah, my dad said the hardest part about learning lang learning English language that there's words that sound the same but mean Absolutely. something different. Absolutely. And then French, when you get in French, the hardest thing for me and even now is when you try to say words and the emotion of things. So let's say we get fired up and Benny could be the first one to say. I mean, the good example was uh, one of the U18 practice I was uh, coaching. I was, I was uh, trying to tell the guys were lazy on the back check and they uh, were lollygagging back. And here I am saying, uh, hey, guys, why are you Lady Gaga up the ice? And that was probably the best story Ben wants to say about me. But it's just the way it comes out sometimes. 
and just today and i'm trying to say uh and i can't still say it, it's aluminum and it's just <laughs> such a hard word for me to pronounce aluminum is that aluminum Alu- but it sounds a lot better when you say aluminum it does it sounds delicious it sounds like something you could eat yeah great so i think that also makes uh my i want to say my personality but i mean it's just it, ma- it makes people laugh sometimes yeah. and i just go with it it's not like i don't do it on purpose <laughs> But it just, uh, I could see Ben, and when he listens to me and I see those, his cheeks just go up and he's cheesing. That means I just said something that was not proper or not the right pronunciation. So, Now, you t- kind of take that to your advantage. Like if players come in and they don't know you speak French, yeah, you can kind of. Absolutely. And uh, people have been knowing me that saw me or like just like last time when uh, a couple nights ago we signed uh, the uh, autographs or the season ticket holders. And some fans that came and talked to me and just have a short conversation is like, man, your English is a lot better than the first year I got an autograph from you. And, you know, it's just the reality of things. Also, my wife and my kids and the surrounding is all English spoken. So yeah. it's uh, it has nothing of a choice but getting better. Right, so. right. Now, the kids are young, but are they going to learn French? Yes. Yeah. my uh, Here's how it works. In the morning, I take care of all the kids. My my wife's a nurse, so she's gone by 5.30, 5 o'clock. She's out of the house. So I wake up, and I take care of all the kids in the morning, bring them to daycare uh, before I go to the rink, and everything's in French. So uh, I'll really? talk to my daughter, you know, and say, let's go. Uh, and she, they understand it. Now, do they speak it? No, because yeah. all their surrounding is in English, yeah. so there's no motivation for it. But down the line, I definitely uh, love for them to to take maybe some side classes or some, uh, uh, you know, anything that could help them in learning the French. And also not only for me, but uh, my family, my my side is uh, a lot of them are back in Canada and they all speak French. So it's just easier. You know, I want them to learn the language where I came from too. And, and if they can learn both or even three languages, it's even better for them for the future and their uh, working career, you know. So if I would have never learned English, the reality of things is I could have never coach. Yeah. You know, I could be the best coach as you want, but in French, um, that's not the language they use. So you got to make sure you uh, get adapted to the right tools to do your uh, work. That's kind of an unfair advantage when you go to school and you have to take a class and yet your dad speaks French. <laughs> totally unfair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, when they go to French class. They probably. Yeah. But here's the difference too is here you guys learn uh, French from uh, Europe. Yeah. So it's, it's different. It is yeah. very different. And yeah. and I've told you that in the past. Yeah. Uh, it'd be like you uh, knowing somebody that speaks English from England. Yeah. Uh, very different. The pronunciation, the accents, the terminology, uh, very different. So it'd be the same uh, same thing. I'd have to learn their terminology. It's a very, uh, very different languages. Some, yeah. Same as English from Midwest and a guy from Boston. You right. Know? So very uh, different, yeah. but same language. Yeah. Now let's talk about let's talk about Quebec here again. I can't say the name of the town. I always butcher it. Shibugamo. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and it's like winter, like eleven months out of the year, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, great stories. I mean, I grew up playing hockey outside all the time. I mean, it's, it's perfect, but it's cold and it's dry. Yeah. So it's not humid. You know, even if if you wear something very uh, warm, you're still comfortable. Uh, but we had the best King of the Hill fights. I mean. <laughs> we had so much snow. My dad, you couldn't, I mean, a, uh, not a snowmobile, but a snowblower wouldn't do the job. You'd have yeah. to have a loader, you know, those big loaders. <laughs> yeah. And they'd come to your house and pick up the snow and throw it on the side and throw it on the side. And at the end of the winter, yeah. you have 
uh, snow that's built up to your roof. So we'd slide <laughs> from the roof down. I mean, we'd play King of the Hill from the house. Yeah. My mom wasn't too happy, but my dad thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> so. Yeah, so anyone complains about Indiana winters, uh, it could be worse. Oh, absolutely. And, it, and so it's like it snows like in June, right? And, I mean, if I've been here for over 10 years now, and – I, I want to say in my first couple of years, it was a really bad winter. I don't know if you remember the exact year, but in the last 10 years, we've been pretty lucky. I mean, yeah. we get a couple. Last year, I don't think I had to shovel once. Yeah. I mean, the snow happens, and then the next day it's melted. Yeah. So it's uh, – you never know what you're going to get. The Midwest is very unpredictable. <laughs> but up in Quebec, you know what you're going to get. Oh, yeah. You know that uh, <laughs> you get one month out of the summer where it's hot and nice, and after that, you put all your summer clothes away, and it's back in the winter clothes. So. <laughs> A lot of mooses, a lot of, uh, <laughs> lot of hockey. And you, uh, it's a, sm a small town, obviously. Was yeah. it a mining town? Is that mining town, absolutely. My dad was a miner for well over 18 years, and that's what got us out of there. Uh, my mom was a nurse. When the mine closed, uh, obviously, you know, there's no more job. It's a good-paying job while you do it. But when there's no mineral or gold or whatever it is the mine is, uh, that they're a uh, natural resource, they're getting out of the ground, uh, it's hard to turn around. And, you know, 18 years of mining yeah. – it's not like you can turn around and use that uh, work and turn around. But my dad actually did a great job at turning around. And uh, he finally a uh, job in construction. Uh, he did a lot of uh, security stuff uh, for the mines. They have a lot of yeah. security and work-safe environment. So now he does a lot of those aspects in the construction world. Uh, a lot of similarities, uh, just different language, different verbiage, different rules. But he's got a great base at that. He did that for 18 years so uh, and has a great job now. And obviously my mom being a nurse, uh, nursing, you can get a job anywhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just s people are sick everywhere. There's hospital everywhere. So that's what she, she did. And now she she's more into a um, – she does home calling where it's like a 911 but for medical side. It's like 411 I want to say. Uh -huh. And you call that number when you want to say, uh, hey, I got chest pain. Should I go to the ER? Or maybe that's a bad example. You should go to the <laughs> ER if you have that. But <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you know, you have a something with your thumb or, you, yeah. you know, you just yeah. – it's to call to know if you really need to go right. to the urgency or what can you do at, by staying home yeah. without being in the urgent yeah. care and making the waiting list so long, so – yeah, <clears throat> it's like filtering calls. That's yeah. what she does. Yeah, so you you married a nurse, so you kept that in the family. I'm I sure did. Mom I was mean, happy about that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then, like I said, I mean, coming from Shibugamu, I never thought I'd get married and live in Indiana. So if you go on the map and you, <laughs> when you got nothing to do, go look at Shibugamu and Fort Wayne, Indiana, and you'd be like, oh boy, how did those guys met? <laughs> so uh, obviously it was because of the comets. Yeah. You know, played yeah. here, and uh, I uh, was helping out her uh, uncle. That owns uh, PPI, Patron Parts, company in New Haven. Uh, they do also all the dasher boards, most of the publicity yeah. in the rink. And uh, she was there one day uh, doing her taxes, and uh, I happened to swing by and say hi to Rick, uh, her her uncle. And uh, then he, the, later that day, he said, oh, my, my niece thinks you're you're cute, and, you know, <laughs> and I know you're single. And I was like, whoa, uh -huh. whoa, I'm... <laughs> I don't want to get into that. Hey, hey, know? hey. hey. <laughs> That's kind of weird. You know, her uncle. And then uh, after a couple of times, he said, uh, she thinks you're cute. Maybe you guys should go on a date. So we did. We went on a uh, with other friends and uh, we went for wings in New Haven. And uh, then after that led to a movie and uh, the rest is history. I'm married, got three kids, pushing for a Fort One. Uh, Rachel Lego, if you're uh -oh. listening to this. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> now, Rachel, she she's like five foot. 
Oh, and yeah. you're like seven foot. That I mean, when you see them together, how does that? What? <laughs> you got to be careful. If I ever pass out or anything, she's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you. She, yeah, yeah. So she will be calling the ambulance. She won't be trying to move you. And so there's no, absolutely there's but no the, call to your mom. You know, they, they say <laughs> they say opposites attracts. We're definitely opposites. So uh, I can't speak English. She can speak great English. Uh, she's small uh, i'm tall she's beautiful i'm ugly <laughs> so no but uh yeah it was i mean we went on dates and it was uh love at first uh sight i want to say and from then on it's now does I'm she speak french lucky. at all uh probably not words you like, can repeat but as uh, i'm saying like like if you guys get in an argument you can walk away swearing in french oh i could start <laughs> i could start speaking in french and she had no clue what i'm saying or at least i think so but we go in the summer uh, for about 10 days every summer to see my family. And it's been, you know, a tradition since she's uh, met, a, met me. And uh, obviously when we're there with my family, and you probably share the same yeah. as, uh, as me, when you go with your family, uh, we speak French. You know, a lot of dinners are in French. A lot of, uh, so she does a lot of listening. You know, it's hard for her sometimes to understand, but she's a lot better at picking up and knowing what we're saying than the first time we went. You know, it's over 10 years, so. Uh, but it's hard. It's not an easy language to learn French. It's a very precise language. Uh, like you said, there's a lot of things that might sound the same, but there's eight ways to write it, which sometimes is more complicated than it yeah. need to be. But it's a very precise language. That's what they say. So, uh, I you know I grew up uh, Arabic family, and mm -hmm. that's not an easy language to learn. Yeah. So. At my family reunions, all I would hear would my, be my name and then laughter, and I would just wonder what they were obviously talking about <laughs> me. So, uh, just smile, and just, when you smile, and they're looking at you. They know you didn't understand. Yeah, yeah, it's just <laughs> Shane and laughter. So, <laughs> so all right, we talk about you're you're a big dude, obviously. When did you start to grow? When did you hit that growth spurt? Since I was born. <laughs> when was, did you hit that growth spurt? I'll be honest, though. I was always big. Really? There was no, like, my dad, my dad tells me that. He was he was always pretty small. And then when you hit, uh, like, high school, he just, and he, my dad went in the Army when he was first, uh, when he, uh, not when he was first, but when he was younger. And they do, like, the boot camp. And in his boot camp, he grew, started putting muscle, got taller. And his mom, and that's what he tells me, his mom couldn't recognize him when he came back from boot camp because he had grown a couple inches, put some muscle mask on. It was like a new man. Yeah. Well, to give you an example, I was 10 years old. I was already six foot, 212 pounds. <laughs> wow. So, you know, my dad had to carry pretty much my birth certificate anywhere <laughs> we went because people thought I was – not in the right class, or and then you tell them you're from Shibugamu, they don't believe you. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> so, believe it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, you just got to be, uh, you know, my dad was a minor. They would do big uh, family events, and they'd do, like, uh, find us, um, like, coins in the, um, like, bale hay and, yeah. and hay, and, you know, all the activities I was doing, I was way bigger than the other kids, so they were like, what is this 10 year old doing? But I was six year old. And, uh, so it's the story of my life. I was always the tallest, always the biggest, uh, in every class and every sport yeah. I did until, I mean, maybe when I started playing pro or juniors, you start seeing a lot yeah. more guys at your height. But from then on, I was always the biggest kid in my, every sports, every, and obviously it's got some advantage, but some disadvantage. My mom dressing me from maybe when I was six to 12, it was a nightmare. She'd buy me some new clothes, Halfway through the year, it didn't fit. <laughs> Buy me some other new clothes. And I mean, we were three in the family, so it's, uh, you know how it is. It's not yeah. cheap to buy clothes, and it's not cheap. Hockey equipment was the worst. Yeah. She'd buy me a pair of skates, 
by Christmas, it wouldn't fit. I had need a new pair of skates. So I got to wear a lot of used stuff because it made no sense to buy new gear. Yeah. So, and still, I mean, today I think I'm I'm going on the downside now. I'm, I'm probably going to go shorter and then taller now. <laughs> but uh, just grow in different direction. <laughs> eh, we all do that. <laughs> but uh, from when I was probably tw- even when I played uh, my first year of the comments, I believe I was like six three or six four, and I grew still a little bit. Because uh, I was still 20 yeah. years old, I was pretty young, and but six five is when I capped off. So I'm six five in a little bit, but uh, I think I'm pretty good now. But your dad's not tall. My dad is very tall. Very my dad's tall. six okay. four. Okay. Uh, his hand. I don't know if you ever shook yeah. my dad's hand, but he's got a. I mean, I, I got big hands, but he's got minor hands. I mean, yeah. when he shakes your hand, you're like, oh, where'd my hand go? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I got the. You know, I think I got my mom's character sometimes as far as emotion-wise, and I got my dad's height and strength, so I'm a mixture of both. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, and even my sister. My sister's five, uh, about 5'10", so she's a pretty tall woman. Uh, my sister's more like my, my uh, other sister, Alex. She's uh, the tall one is Catherine. Alex is the one that's more like my mom. She's in the 5'5", five, 5'4", five, five, yeah. range. And uh, more like my wife. So two sisters. Yeah, two we're, sisters. We're, are you the middle kid or are you the oldest? I'm the baby. You're the baby. I'm actually, we're actually four. I got a, an older brother that passed away when oh, he was uh, two sorry. and a half. So uh, I, I never met him, but yeah. I feel like I have because, uh, and this is a different subject, but my uh, his name was Alexandre. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got his name tattooed in my back. I mean, my best friend, that was. I'm going to be his best man at his wedding next summer. He's my best man at my wedding. His name is Alexandre, so which the coincidence is weird, you know. Uh, feel like he yeah, was born into somebody deep, else. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people that had big, big influence in my life as far as school impact, life impacts. They all wear, rather it was their middle name or their name or their son's name was Alexandre, which is really weird. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I believe everything happens for a reason, and uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a, yeah, that's that's crazy. That's oh, really yeah. neat. That's really so. Neat. Didn't really get to have a brother, but he yeah. was still part of the family. It was, yeah. uh, uh, I think I have a really close relationship to my mom because of that. I mean, she lost her first son, and the last kid, uh, she didn't, they didn't find out if it was a boy or a girl, and she found out when uh, I was born, and she was very happy. I, I want to say, and uh, I think I have a special relationship with my mom because I'm uh, not the boy that she never had, but maybe the boy that she never got to yeah. live and yeah. and meet. So yeah. Now you had two sisters. Yeah, uh, obviously they beat you up quite a bit. Actually, no. <laughs> but, I but you were, but the, you were I, bigger. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the worst uh, little brother that you can have. I was uh, Dennis the menace. You know, I was uh, I was a brat. I I can yeah. tell you that. I mean, I wasn't. Uh, they had to babysit me, and uh, I wasn't the <laughs> easiest to babysit. I was a little brat, a little uh, troublemaker. Um, and then one thing, though, if they told me they were going to tell my dad, I listened to my dad. Right. My dad was the man of the house. And <laughs> if they told me uh, they were going to tell him or my mom would tell him, I'm going to tell your dad. It's like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm listening. Yeah. My mom I pr- probably could get away with a lot of stuff. So, And I see it now being a parent. Yeah. You know, I, I want to say I'm more the stern guy uh, at the house, uh, especially with my sons. I want to say my daughter could ask me anything, and uh, you probably share the dad, Daddy's girl, yeah. Daddy's yeah. girl. Uh, yeah. 
she can't know that but uh, right. mommy as soon as mommy sees me he's like, okay you can you can have this she's like oh she's got you by the heart dude. Uh, you know what you have a son right okay yeah two uh, sons, and, two a sons and a daughter okay i'm i only have a daughter i mean and i'm like there's some days where i wished i had had a son too but then mm -hmm. there's other days I'm like oh i would have been just brutal on that kid because you know <laughs> daddy's little girl but the son it's like i oh, just yeah. would have been it's tough love uh, yeah <laughs> I mean, is it the right way? I mean, there's no way, there's no right way or wrong way to, to raise your kids. And I think my dad told me that is just to love them, you know. You yeah. just gotta love them, and show them that you care for them, and uh, do everything for a purpose, you know. So. And your kids can go around and say, "My dad can beat up your dad." Absolutely. <laughs> now they might not happen. say the same thing about the mom, but I mean, <laughs> she, she can call me for reinforcement. But you can, yeah, but you can say that my dad's, you know, Absolutely. six five. Yeah. I want to train my two sons to make sure that the boyfriend that will come up for my uh, daughter, <laughs> they'll know she has two uh, big brothers. <laughs> well, and, and if they don't believe you, just look at the YouTube video of the punch. Absolutely, that's a goal. If no one is familiar with that, just Olivier Legault, the punch YouTube, and it will come up. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, it was a nice uh, night. Olivier night. flattened a guy with one punch. And actually, the only I, be I believe the only video of that is from me, I'm pretty sure. And it was behind the play, so I actually missed the punch. So if you don't see it, you see the aftermath. You see the punch, and, and but the, you see the guy landing there. But it was a quick – yes. it wasn't on the play. It, it turned right. really quick, and yes, you're right. You see the <laughs> – it was quick. I mean, it, right. was, it wasn't uh, – and the funny story about that, I mean, there's a couple things. I mean, that night, it was a Saturday night. It was a pack house. Uh, I was pretty popular that night. And this was, is and this is when, you you know, Olivier became a bit of a star. This yep. was the night. Yep. I mean, it was about uh, 10 games in or 20 games in the season. Uh, I still remember the funny thing is Henley was there that year, big, yeah. big, tough guy. And we were actually practicing some uh, moves in the morning and, he, you know, t practicing some technique. And Henley's obviously fought a lot of guys and – we're just practicing stuff, and they're like, okay, I'm going to try this tonight. And here we go. We first fight of us practicing. Uh, it felt like hitting a home run in baseball. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. it was like hitting in butter. I mean, you could <laughs> feel the guy eat the whole punch and the impact. And then you go to give another punch, and the guy is just, yeah. I mean, it was maybe cool at the first moment. When so is it a moment it? where it's like, oh, wow, I nailed him. But then when you see him in a heap, it's like, oh, what yeah, did I do? I mean, you're all happy. Not happy, but yeah. you're you know, proud of winning the fight and the fans are cheering yeah. and it gets the crowd going. But I want to say the guy laid there for three minutes, not really yeah. moving, not really there. So that became more of a, yeah. you know, it's it's a job also. So you, you don't wish that bad of of, uh, of luck for a guy, but it was uh, it was a good thing to get the crowd moving. But every that night when I we went out that night, we didn't have anything and lots of free drinks, a lot of, uh, <laughs> yeah, it didn't cost me too much money that night. And uh, obviously the funny story was this kid, David Seagal, not David Seagal, uh, it was David Seagal, his name. And uh, the next, he was out for a month. So the yeah. next time we played yeah. Muskegon, we're over there and he lines up beside me and we never fought again after. And he comes and sees me. He's like, you know what? You didn't even hit me that hard. And then he just <laughs> laughed it off. And it was, uh, it was a pretty funny moment. But uh, yeah, it comes with, I mean, I've got hit him before. I mean, there's a double knockout that a lot of people talk to me about. Yeah. It was against the same team. Uh, I thought I did bad, but when I came back to the bench, everybody everybody's telling me good job, good fight. And I was like, man, they're they're bad liars. I just felt like I got myself <laughs> knocked out. But and when you're when you're that big, like even growing up, obviously everyone is smaller than you, and you're tossing everybody around. So that's got to feel. I mean, it feels cool that you can, but then it's like, geez, I'm you know, it's <laughs> kind of unfair advantage. 
Yeah, but I when you start playing pro, like when I was young yeah. and fighting, uh, I remember fighting the big guy from Bloomington, uh, uh, Iwasco. I mean, he was like six nine, and that's a man. You know, he was like thirty five, <laughs> and I was twenty. Yeah. I mean, as as big and strong as you can be, there's a difference between a young pro and uh, and a uh, a veteran seasoned fighter that's thirty years old. Yeah. So, like daddy strength, you know. I uh, so there is a. Uh, you got to be careful, I think, when you first enter. The, I mean, you might feel young and tough, but there's experience and, and technique that goes into it sometimes that you feel when you fight a guy that's – you might feel younger and uh, you got you got what it what you need, but uh, you can see when the, they got experience and they, they're patient and they're more technical than uh, yeah. going all out and after 30 <laughs> seconds you got nothing. So And you know, they're trying to get rid of fighting they're t every, every little bit, you know. Absolutely. But, but back in the day, I mean, it was something you practiced. I mean, you you it was, you know, you took Absolutely. boxing was, classes. If you were serious yeah. about it, it was technique. Yeah, and you took boxing classes that we did, training after, and uh, it was part of the game. I was, I was in a phase where there was doing maybe a transition. Mm -hmm. uh, I started. When before, right before I stopped, it was the where there's a couple of tough guys that had committed suicide and had the uh, you know it it, it raised some uh, uh, light on the subject and it made the NHL and all the surrounding kind of requestion the fighting in the game. But it's part of the game, I think. Uh, and and you from watching a lot of games, if if you take it out, um, I think it, it creates a lot of cheap shots. Those players right, that right. are dirty it that might actually fight. increase head absolutely injuries. uh now the thing where i i would say needs to maybe not taken out but where uh, they could address is maybe when it's a free fight you know when there's no uh i and when i played i love the fights where it's in the the, the action like the knockout yeah it was after a hit i turn around the guy said you want to go yes boom boom next thing you know his lights yeah. are out those are the good fights i feel like <laughs> The, the fights that are uh, – there's no such fight as their range, but the fights that has no uh, – how can I say that? There's uh, – no, no need for it. I mean, it's exactly. just, it's just, just a, a show. fight to fight. Just a show. Uh, yeah. That's where I think maybe they could yeah. put more restrictions on or if, 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 they, if they do want to make a sacrifice, I think that's where they can cut off the, the free fighting. So, But there's always ways to get around it. Like I remember the first year after the NHL, uh, lockout where they're trying to make some restrictions of uh, fighting. They said you couldn't take your helmets yeah. off. Well, what they don't understand is, yeah, I understand the head thing, but our hands is what right. we punch with. And <laughs> punching a helmet is a lot more tougher than punching a head or a jaw or yeah. whatever you're punching. Uh, but there was a way around it. What we would do if you had a guy that you knew how to, uh, that you fought a couple times, you could trust is we'd unbuckle our helmets. He would take my helmet. I would take his and then we'd square off and then yeah. we'd fight. So obviously you can't do that in the middle yeah. of the action. But I mean, I've fought some guys that have their thing taped up. I mean, it won't go anywhere. And yeah, I mean, fight me all you want. I got a full cage on the cage <laughs> on you. I mean, you won't hurt me. <laughs> so that's where you got to have a, yeah. know who you're fighting and know who you can trust or not. So were you, I mean, just because you were big, were you considered to be that, that the tough guy, the enforcer? I mean, is this because your size, were you just supposed to be that guy? Well, obviously when I got drafted by the Florida Panthers, uh, when I was, uh, 18, I knew they weren't, f uh, drafting me for my skills. Yeah. I mean, I could, one of the thing I was told, and I did a lot of power skating, uh, to, to, to get better at skating is I was always told I could, get around and skate pretty good for a big guy yeah and my you know good and in shape days and that 
and it had to be part of my game if I wanted to make it a little higher than uh, the junior level. So, and obviously in juniors, my first year when I was 16, I was fighting 19 year old, and I knew if I wanted to make the team, that's what I had to do. And uh, I had the choice; I could do it or not. If I wouldn't have done it, I probably would have went back and yeah. played minor hockey. And I decided it was my own choice. I decided to do it. I wanted to play juniors. I fought some 19 year old. I was 16 year old. Did really good. Made the team. Uh, it was a 76-game schedule, I believe. I only played 24. So as a rookie, making my, you know, every game I played, I pretty much tried to fight. Uh, and then after that, you know, as the year goes from 16 to 20-year-old age, overager, uh, every year I got to play a little more hockey and fight a little less. But uh, it was just part of the game. I just understood my role. And that's the biggest thing, I think, for hockey players. You got to recognize where you're good at and uh, try to – work on what you're good at not try to do what you're not good at i mean obviously you try to get better at the other yeah. stuff but do what you're good at and i think a lot of players sometimes they don't know what kind of player they're at they are and they got to do a better job of recognizing um your strengths and play to your strengths yeah so yeah so uh, talking about you're a big guy did you play any other sports I mean, you're a big football guy, but mm -hmm. yeah, but football in Canada a little different. Actually, uh, I never watched football until I played really? in, in Maine, and that was yeah. I was 17 year old. And uh, some people are gonna hate that, but I'm a Patriots fan because of that. And uh, obviously, I only watched CFL, which is yeah. uh, Alouettes back in the days. There were you know uh, Calvillo yeah. was a big quarterback, and they were dominating. Pringle was the the running back and they would do a bunch of commercials in Canada with the Pringles chips and he was such a good running back and they were the they were the top dogs and uh, when I moved to uh, Lewiston <clears throat> started watching it was a new sports for Lewiston it was a little community little yeah. town didn't know much about hockey and they would uh, cheer more times when they were saying the Red Sox scoreboard or they were telling if the Patriots won yeah. the only time they would uh, cheer was when there was a fight a goal besides that they had no clue to cheer on when we would dump the puck on the pk they had no clue oh, that's weird and i mean lewiston maine you would think cold weather that yeah, it's automatically a, a hockey literate place it's not like going down south no so but that's kind of but you're weird. right but just i, I yeah. think lewiston had never seen major junior hockey yeah they all had their high school hockey yeah. and all that but for a big public which you're trying to get four or five thousand it was a little harder at the beginning and then to my family billet that I lived in, they're a huge Patriots fan. And every Sunday that we didn't have hockey, it was like I've n I wasn't <clears throat> used to that. We'd sit down and we'd watch football all day. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, it's a new sport. Yeah. You know? And that's how I got into it. And then from then on, I, I love football. I enjoy watching football on Sundays. And my wife would probably say I like it too much to watch it on Sundays. <laughs> but I, mean, I was pretty smart. I did a deal with her. Is uh, all the clothes that we got to fold during the week? <laughs> Obviously, Sunday. that's when we're not playing or yeah. don't have any games, which is rare. But when there's a Sunday that we have nothing, it's our day off. I'm folding all the clothes from the whole week, and I get to watch my football, and I still get to do some housework. So hey, you get a solid, you know, you uh, don't play a first Sunday game until November, so you get a, you got a solid two uh, months. Absolutely. So <laughs> a lot of clothes folding, and uh, <laughs> if there's anybody out there that needs their clothes folded on Sunday to give me a little more time to watch football, bring it over. <laughs> <laughs> when you're that big, it's like, and you see that sport, it's like, wow, man, I could have, I could have been a, you're uh, absolutely right. I could have been an offensive guard and could have been playing in the NFL. And that came uh, when I was in high school, my first year junior. Yeah. I was playing basketball. I played a lot of the basketball. I played baseball. I was the first base at baseball. Uh, but when I was in second, um, 
which here would be my junior year in, in high school for the, the conversion of uh, our high school over there. But uh, I had to make a decision that I want to play. I was pretty good at basketball, and uh, there was just no time to do more than one yeah. sport. So I decided to go with hockey. I mean, uh, it's an obvious choice, I think, for a Canadian. Uh, and football isn't – like, if you see a sport that you can success and maybe yeah. make a living out of it, hockey is your number one choice. Yeah. Uh, basketball, I mean, it's not like here. Basketball is not popular. Baseball is okay. Soccer is getting really popular. Football is is a lot more popular now. But back then, I mean, there's barely any football in high school. There's no football. Uh, yeah, it's not popular at all. Yeah, and now, uh, now you're you're uh, converted. You're uh, converted. You're an expert. But I would have <laughs> loved to. I mean, that's another thing I told my wife. I would have loved to see what I could have done in football because I think I'm yeah. f- I'm. I got the physics for a uh, good that, football player. You've got that player. build. You've yeah. got that offensive line. Now what pos- build. Yeah, what position I would have played would have been another story. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I think I could have got the build for a football yeah. player. Yeah, yeah. We like to dish out the punishment. I can see you in the trenches. Oh, yeah. The- I mean, those big legs would have to use as something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you haven't well, – let's see here. When was the last time you played? When was your last year? 2010, 2011 oh, was so last year. Oh, you're talking year. 10 – you haven't played in 10 years. So. Yeah, it was my first year. was the first year we went to the Central yeah. League. Uh, it's probably not a year the Comets want to remember. It was a uh, it was a pretty bad year yeah. as far as uh, we had a very very bad start. Uh, even for myself, I mean it's funny now because I got cut that year close to uh, the end of the year. I mean it was just trying to change, make some changes, and obviously uh, when you're trying to make some changes, sometimes a tough guy is a uh, luxury. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I was uh, cut. I was very frustrated that year, uh, but. I always knew that Comets that treated me so well. I was part of two championships. And to be back with the Comets on a different level as a coach uh, is an honor. I'm very happy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a – I couldn't ask for a better situation. I mean, to start as a coach uh, in the best organization in the league and probably in the minor hockey, um, you know, I went – I have nothing against Kalamazoo, but I went to go play the Kalamazoo, so I saw something different. And, uh, they, they – they, Nothing's better wasn't than Fort same. Wayne. Wasn't the same. It wasn't the same, yeah. and from the fans to the ownership to everything, I mean, it's a it's a great A organization, and uh, that's uh, it's easy way to sell it when I recruit because I've played here and I yeah. know how it is. So yeah, yeah, and, and so you haven't played in ten years, but you what did you? I mean, you didn't coach right away. I mean, you it took you a few years. Yeah, I so the the way it happened is I I I stopped playing hockey the year I got married. I got married in two thousand eleven, and uh, I was training that summer. And I just came to a realization that, you know, I had done already two NHL camps. I've been fighting. I stopped when I was about 26, 27. I've been fighting for uh, about 20 fights a year. I mean, from when I was 15 to so counted. I mean, that's a lot of fighting. And it was in the in the moments where there was a lot of uh, uh, talks about concussions and fights and, you know, uh, what's the downfall when you're older. So... Um, I just made a decision. My dad had an opportunity for me to go work out up north. I was driving. Uh, I, c- I could go drive. So I just said, you know what? I met the woman of my life. I want to start building a family. Uh, I didn't know what I want to do next, but my dad uh, had an opportunity for me to go work in uh, farther than Shibugamu. They were building roads. For there's d- there's some place further? Oh, yeah, <laughs> but there's no road, so they were building the roads. <laughs> but the, the reason why is they were building a uh, uh, diamond mine. So like big diamonds and all that, they're building a mine to get them out of the uh, of the ground. And I, what I was doing is I was driving the big 40-ton trucks. It was awesome job. job. I mean, I was driving through 
puddles of, I mean, just destruction like you like to do. <laughs> places where you had no business driving, and that big truck. I mean, it's, it's a six by six. It's got wheels that are twice the size as me as yeah. far as height. And it's just a fun thing to go through. You feel like you're <laughs> unstoppable. You're going through stuff. I mean, you, you're driving, and here you got mooses and bears beside you. <laughs> I mean, all the nature, as nature as you can get. And uh, it was just a great paint job. And then uh, I was, what I would do is I would drive, uh, not drive, but work for 30 days straight. And then I would come back home for 10 days. And I did that the first year. And then uh, we got my wife got pregnant, when, and obviously it during the 10 days I would come home and uh, we were working on having a baby and we had our uh, our first uh, daughter that was Emma and when I came back for 10 days we we're going to find out if it was a girl or a boy uh, had a lot of issues at the border because I would come back here 10 days and I didn't have a green card or a yeah. working visa at that time so it, it raised a lot of flag and they didn't like me going back but the money was so good to go work back home yeah. that it was worth for, for me to do it so the last time I came to figure out if it was a, a girl or a, a boy, we're doing a re revealing party, uh, had a lot of issues. I was stuck over three hours at the borders, and they asked me about every question you want to ask, and then they would call my wife, and then they would make sure she was saying the same thing, and I wasn't lying, so everything yeah. was uh, was yeah. clear. And that day, I said, man, we can't be doing this. The next time, I mean, I might not even be right. able to come for the birth of my daughter. So what I did is I contacted the um, uh the PHPA uh, rep, the union rep for the NHL, that's also for the ECHL yeah. and the American League. And I started my process on my green card. And then I had to stop the job and then uh, found a job here. Uh, then I was going to the um, rink one day and Chalker was uh, doing some clinics. He was also coaching a U18 team, uh, AWP, and uh, he needed help. Him and, and uh, Lewis and Shafranov had started the year before, and then Lewis was too busy, couldn't do it as much, and Shafi uh, started helping out yeah. uh, here with the Comets, so he was busy. And then Chalker started getting the, the assistant job in uh, the year after with Kalamazoo, so he had started a nice program that he couldn't follow it uh, or be there for most of the time. So what I did is I started helping and, and carry – on uh, the not the slack, but the what he, when he couldn't be there, I was there, and I would go on the road, and that started getting me into coaching, and we did good, and people started liking me, and then the next year after is uh, Carol's head coach. Uh, well, I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh, uh, he played for the Comets uh, before me. Anyway, I can't I can't remember the last name. Uh, sorry for that. And and he was leaving on his way out. Uh, it was du uh, dust, uh, dust Dustin Virag. Virag, yes. exactly. Sorry, thank you. And Virag was on his way out, so I I replaced him with uh, with Carol, and so I had a, I was coaching high school and I was coaching a U18 team for one year, and then after that um, did that for another year. But that year I started helping out with Gary. That's the year Shafranov left. Right. Wasn't part of the. And then I went to go see Gary and I said, hey, listen, if you need any help, I'd be more than happy to help you. And Gary and the comments organization are very uh, fortunate, gave me an opportunity to help out. Obviously, volunteer based. Uh, started helping out as much as I can when I wasn't on the yeah. road with the high school or my U18 program. And then the year after, Benny came in. And uh, same thing. I was volunteering, helping out. And we're a three man uh, coaching staff. And I was helping out as much as I could. Went through that year. Then the year after, which was uh, last year, 
uh, my U18 team didn't have enough numbers. So I had to cancel that. And I was too busy with high I made a decision not to help high school because I wanted to help the Comets more than I wanted to do high school. And then uh, the U18 didn't fall through. So I had only the Comets. Yeah. S and so I said, well, I asked, asked David, I said, uh, listen, uh, do you mind if I'm there all the time? And, you know, obviously I'm the volunteer. and But I'll help you as just like a full-time coach, but I just want to get the experience and all that. And luckily enough, David, Benny, and the whole organization, they brought me along and let me uh, – it was kind of – I see it as a uh, interview process. You know, they got to see how much I work and what I did and uh, what kind of person I was, even if it was my third year helping out as a full-time. And uh, I want to say I, I hope I did a good job because I wouldn't be here today. And I just uh, paid my dues, I want to say. You know, yeah. I paid my dues for three years, and here I am today as a official head coach. Uh, not head coach, but assistant coach. <laughs> Sorry, Benny. <laughs> oh, well, well, Benny's got to be looking over his shoulder now. That no. was a slip. But uh, we uh, – and me and Benny's working relationship is, uh, is just uh, – it's it's hard for me to describe, but I think you're well, the first you, one to see you it. You guys are so close. It almost is – you. it's almost like you are one head coach. You're one guy. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. how close they, you guys are. I think we share uh, the same uh, – not opinions, but we, we, we think alike, and I think uh, we are such – there's a great friendship before uh, coaching yeah. friendship. So I think that goes into our coaching uh, working relationship. And it's just, uh, you know, our wives are still wondering if they're going to end up single. And <laughs> so, <laughs> but they have nothing to worry about. <laughs> We're happily married. And it's just, it's great when you can show up to work and the person you're working with is, uh, is a great person and you have a great working relationship is you can't ask for a better uh, job environment. I mean, from the summer, from recruiting, uh, from when I got hired on, from when he got hired on, uh, we're very excited. Uh, couldn't ask for a better opportunity. Couldn't ask for a better organization to work with. Uh, we're very well surrounded. Uh, the comments give you all the tools that you need to succeed. And now it's for us to go out there and uh, prove that they made a good decision. I want to talk about your nickname for a second because yeah. <laughs> it seems like when people come to Fort Wayne, their nicknames change. Yeah. Uh, you're not the first guy I, this happened to. So you all the time when you were younger, your nickname was Ollie. Ollie. Yeah. And somehow it turned into legs when yep. you got here. And was it Al Sims that? Absolutely, yeah. it was Al Sims. I still remember my first shift. He's trying to say Lego, and it wasn't coming <laughs> out. It was like me trying to talk. <laughs> it was like Lego, legs, you're up. <laughs> and that stuck. He from that on. He said, "I can't say your last name. Your nickname's Legs." And then from that point, nobody has ever called me Legs. So, and then from, you know, because I started building my family and living here yeah. and all that, everybody knows me as legs. But back home, and the difference is in the hockey world, we all call ourselves by the last name because yeah. that's always what we yeah. see in the back. And same for you. I mean, you, yeah. call, you see anybody, you call them by the last name. Well, all my friends in Canada and my family, they call me by my first name. They don't say, hey, legs. They say, yeah. Ollie. Yeah. So, it's when I'm in Canada, I'm in Ollie with my buddies. <laughs> and when here, I'm, I'm with my hockey family, I'm, I'm all legs. So, it's yeah. – it's, I mean, you can call me whatever makes you happy. It doesn't bother me. Oh, much. okay. Well, I'm going to start a new nickname. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people call me Big O, like in the work environment. They call me Big O because I'm a big guy and my yeah. name's Olivier, and they can't say it. I mean, my sister-in-law still thinks my name is Olivia. So 
<laughs> no, she gives me a hard time, but I uh that's how people usually say my name sometimes. Is it Olivia? No, it's not Olivia. It's it's Olivier. <laughs> but same same for you. I'm sure sometimes people butcher your oh, name. No no, trust me, no one has shouted out Alberani. It's always <laughs> Shane or some variation. Yeah. Actually it's usually Sean. That's what I got. It's Sean. usually Sean. It's not no one can remember Shane. There's people I've known. 20 years and still call me Sean. Oh, yeah. It's weird. So in the hockey world, everybody knows me as Legs, and then in the friend friendship world, they all have a different <laughs> nickname. And Same for uh, a lot of other hockey players. You know? yeah. Same for Benny. You know, I'm sure they don't say Boudreaux. They, you know, actually, they don't say his last name. They say his first name. So yeah. it's whatever sounds cool, I guess, or whatever's <laughs> easier to say. Right, right, right. Now, you're uh, officially assistant coach. Mm -hmm. Now, what – hairstyle are you going with this year because it is varied you've gone with the faux hawk past couple of years mm -hmm. and now you've got it kind of kind of tight up there so yeah. there's not a whole lot of styling going on yeah so i mean are you you don't want to make ben feel bad because he doesn't have the hair anymore <laughs> so you know you, 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 so you maybe you're going to lose the faux hawk but you know it was well, a just more of a you know try to go in more professional cut <laughs> cut you know i i uh i had the faux hawk at uh, about two years ago and i just at one point had three kids and all that is you gotta realize you're maybe not as young as you still want to be young but right uh i mean not there's something wrong wearing a faux hawk or anything it's just try to be a little more professional and uh yeah i mean I go to the barber now and just trying to tell him more professional cut. And I still kind of do like a little, not Mohawk, but kind of still like a faded full walk in the front. And, uh, you know, as long as my girlfriend doesn't say I'm ugly, I'm not my girlfriend, but my wife, <laughs> well, you're going to get me in trouble. This has been really revealing uh, today. <laughs> and my girlfriend, I mean, Benny. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, my wife pretty much decides what I'm going to wear. Not wear, but if she likes it, I like it. So um, <laughs> then when my girlfriend, Benny, tells me you should change it, then I got to talk to the real boss and say, hey, my girlfriend thinks I should change it, so should I? And <laughs> so, Well, uh, all right. Uh, uh, Olivia, uh, Olivia, legs, uh, uh, whatever we're, we're calling you this week. Uh, this has been great. <laughs> Very revealing. Hey, I mean, it's and, uh, uh, it's the comments. It's a great family. I mean, it's like I sometimes I we pinch ourselves. Me and Benny pinch ourselves. That sounds really <laughs> weird, but to see how lucky, <laughs> man, this is getting me in all kind of trouble. But uh, see, this is the French in me. That's so. What you're seeing right now, this happens all day long. So just imagine how much Ben, how right, much fun he right. has when I'm talking. So, but it's uh, what I mean by that is we're such in a lucky position. I mean, we're very fortunate and i want to make sure i say it again we're very grateful uh the franke family from the fans uh, it's it's a dream come true i mean you couldn't ask for a better position to be put in and i think gary shared, shared the same uh, opinion as far as you know it's a very fortunate situation to be in uh very thankful you know it's uh for my family and i and the the reality of hockey you you know you're a judge on your last performance so you just got to make sure you keep doing a good job and hopefully that can just keep going for uh you know the next chapter in the comets history and hopefully it's a uh it's a great one so well there you go all right buddy well, i appreciate you coming in here hey, thanks to you and uh merci have... beaucoup à tout le monde uh, uh, merci buckets à la prochaine i'll <laughs> see you on the bus all right see <laughs> you <Everybody. ya. laughs> 
another revealing episode of the Comets Podcast, this time with assistant coach Olivier Legault. I want to thank the big man for coming in and having a chat with me. And like I said uh, in the pre-show there, uh, he knows how to make me laugh. And uh, hopefully he will continue to do that all season long. We're hoping to have a great season, folks, and a great season of episodes as well. We started off right with Sean Sadlowski and Olivier Legault. Don't know where we're going to go next week, but uh, I'm guessing it's going to be one of the new guys. Some of the new guys, uh, you guys are, are learning out on the ice, and uh, some of the names and numbers I'm still learning as well. So I want to thank Olivier Legault for coming on in. He is certainly a fun guy, and he's forever grateful to the fans here in Fort Wayne and the Comet organization. So that'll wrap up another episode. Remember, you can go back and listen to all the other episodes of the Comets podcast. We are now on Apple Podcasts. Go to SoundCloud. You can also get it at Comets.com. So there's no reason not to listen to this podcast. So that will do it. I have been your host, Shane Alberani. But before we get out of here, the thoughts and opinions expressed in the podcast do not necessarily reflect those of Huntington University. That's it, folks. That's our show. Thanks for listening.